Uh, this last week actually was an incredible week for us. We celebrated, the baton was passed, we got to celebrate Pastor Rick and Kay and their 40 plus years of faithfulness. And then we had this week, in the middle of the week, a worship night at the Lake Forest campus. It was awesome. It was incredible. And it's significant, not just because we got together to, to sing songs, but what God is doing in our church, the spiritual renewal that God is bringing, there is a wave that is building and he is moving in our midst. It was incredible. At the Lake Forest campus, there was not a seat left in the house. Over 3,000 people packed in the room to worship, to sing songs to Jesus. And it shows the hunger that is inside of this church, a desire for more of God. And I believe God's going to move in powerful ways as we look into the future. Now, today, this weekend is titled Vision Weekend. And we're going to have some fun together talking about vision and where we believe that God is leading us to go. Now, when Pastor Rick, three weeks ago, uh, he shared his first sermon as his last sermon. Let me say that to, in case you weren't here. So in 1980, Pastor Rick Warren preached his first sermon. And then when he passed the baton two weeks before in 2022, he preached the same sermon that he preached as his first sermon. So his first sermon was his last sermon. Tracking with me, the first shall be last. And so the next day afterwards, I was reflecting on this. Now, it was a pretty incredible moment to sit in the auditorium of the Lake Forest campus and look out the windows as he described what the Lake Forest campus would look like, like 40 years ago. It's just unbelievable, the vision that he had. So the next day, as I'm reflecting on it, I had an idea, and I think it was a God idea that he dropped in my mind. And the idea was, what if I preach my last sermon as my first sermon? Now, let me clarify. I'm going to preach more than one sermon. But I thought, what if we take a trip to 2050 together and celebrate the 70th anniversary of Saddleback Church? You guys want to do that? So we're going to celebrate the 70th anniversary of Saddleback today. Now, I... I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm 41 years old, and I thought you might want to see what I might look like at our 70th anniversary as a church. So that's what I might look like. Now, what was, what was really interesting, so Pastor Rick, when he passed the baton, uh, right now, actually, you can take that picture down, please. Uh, he is 68 years old and eight months, 68 years, eight months old. So at our 70th anniversary... Guess how old I'll be? 68 years and 8 months old. Isn't that wild? Some Saddleback numbers. We love numbers around here. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a trip to 2050. But before we do that, I want to talk for a moment about the power of vision. Because what God does when he wants to move you into the future, he gives you a vision of what your life could become. I love this quote. I picked up a book uh, at Barnes & Noble last week on a date night. And it, the name of the book captured me because I knew where we were heading with this message. It's titled, Be Your Future Self Now. And Ben Hardy, who writes the book, there's a quote in it. I, I love this, and I want to read it to you. He says, humans are not driven by the past, but we're pulled forward by the future we're most committed to. And this is a deeply spiritual principle because... When the enemy wants to work in your life, what he'll do is he'll remind you of everything in your past that is not as it should be. 
But what God will do is when he wants to move you into the future and form you and shape you, he will give you a picture of what your life could be with his grace. So he'll pull you with vision into the future. And I love these few principles here because they're important as we're thinking about vision. Vision is a picture of what our lives could become, our church could become. And here are three principles that shape how we think about the future. The first one is the principle of faith. And what God does is God works with your faith as he forms your future. This is important. God works with your faith as he forms your future. And sometimes people don't step into the fullness of what God wants to do in and through their lives because they don't believe God for the impossible. They don't believe God for what he's capable of doing. So I am grateful today. Every one of us are benefactors that in 1980, a 26-year-old Pastor Rick Warren had the faith that God could do the unthinkable. But I believe with all my heart, you are here today. You are not the past of Saddleback Church. You are the future of Saddleback Church. So there's a new generation that God wants to give vision to for the future, and he works with our faith. Romans 4.17 says, as it is written, I have made you, speaking of Abraham, the father of many nations, he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. Listen, this is describing the character of God, and there's somebody here today that you need to hear this truth about what God can do in your life. It says he is the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So God is able to speak into existence all of creation. But not only is he able to speak into existence all, existence all of creation, he's able to speak into existence things in your life that are not as they should be. Romans 4.17 in the Living Bible says it like this, God makes the dead live again and he speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already in the past. So God wants to speak over you and over us today things with as much certainty as though they are already in the past. The principle of faith. And I wonder for you today, maybe there's an area of your life that God would speak to you. It might be your marriage. It might be your relationship with your kids. How many of you who are parents find yourself so often speaking to everything that is wrong with your child? And when you have teenagers, the temptation is full on with that. And you see the things that are not as they could or should be. But what if we shifted our language and our approach and our marriage and our parenting and our leadership to speak things as though they could be with God's help? Principle of faith, number one. Number two is the principle of surrender. And these are in your notes that you received when you walked in. Or they'll also be on the screen. Those of you who are joining online, you can get the notes there as well. The principle of surrender is your unknown future is best when you surrender it into God's hands. James, the earthly brother of Jesus, said some very powerful words. And if you don't think that you had a complex, if you think you had a complex growing up, imagine being Jesus' earthly brother. Could you imagine that? Like, why can't you just be a little bit more like your brother, James? That's what James heard his whole life. Uh, in James 4, 13, he says this. He says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or do that. So the principle is oftentimes when you look to the future, if you're not careful, 
you can have faith, but then you can be presumptuous. So we don't want to be presumptuous as we look to the future. We want to place our future in the hands of God, knowing that God determines the length of our lives. He determines the challenges in many ways that we'll face. And your days and my days, they're, they're like a fog. They're here today. They're gone tomorrow. So we have faith about the future, but we also surrender trusting God and placing our lives into his hands. So there's the principle of faith. There's the principle of surrender. And then finally, there's the principle of vision. And this is nothing will motivate you like a picture of a better future. This is why when you want to lose weight or I want to lose weight, you don't put a picture of you at your worst on your mirror. Like, let me see. Let me go find the time in my life where I just looked really bad. You don't do that because it doesn't motivate you. So what you do is you find a picture of the best it could be and you put that up there. Some of you got Brad Pitt on your mirror at home or something. But, um, but the, the picture of the future, the way that God works, is in your mind's eye, he will give you a picture of what your life could become. So he'll give you a vision of the kind of dad you could become. He'll give you a vision of the kind of spouse you could become, the kind of employee, the kind of leader. He, he'll give pictures to our mind, and then that motivates us into the future. And this is a deeply spiritual principle. That God fills our souls with hope when it's difficult. He fills our hearts and our minds with faith when we're challenged. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. So it's a picture of the things in your heart that you're dreaming about. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. So vision motivates you. And there is nothing like the picture of a better future to inspire you to move to where God wants you to be. So these three principles are crucial. And I have a prayer for you today as we are about to time travel to 2050. And my prayer for you is I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. This is my prayer, that today you'll catch a picture, a glimpse of what your life could become, of what our lives together could become, that he would fill you with joy and peace because you trust in him, and then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you. Now, before we pray, and we go to 2050, what I'd like to ask you to do is I want you on your notes or somewhere around you to write down the name of somebody in your life who's never experienced the love of Jesus that at our 70th anniversary, you would like for that person to be sitting next to you, having experienced the joy and peace that you've experienced. I just want you to write down a name, a friend, a family member, somebody in your life that you are praying for, that they would experience what you've experienced. And then we're going to pray, and we're going to move to the 70th anniversary of Saddleback Church. Let's pray. Father, I'm grateful that we get to have fun with vision and we get to dream about the future. And I pray right now that you would increase our faith collectively as a church, that our eyes would be open to the possibility of what is possible. As we, as though we're sitting back reflecting on and celebrating what you had done over the last 30 plus years, I pray that this fun experience would bring hope and faith to our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome, everybody, to the 70th anniversary of Saddleback Church.
From the time uh, we celebrated our 40th anniversary until now, God has continued to exceed our expectations. In fact, he's done immeasurably more than we could have thought, asked, or imagined according to his power that has been at work within us from the very beginning of our church. A Bible verse that has been instrumental to our Saddleback story is Philippians 1.6, and it says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So as we turn 70 today, we can celebrate the fact that God has been faithful, and he will be faithful to us as we move into the future. There's so much to celebrate that I can't even fit it into one message. So today we will celebrate what we can. If you'll remember in the 2020s, the early 2020s, there was a pandemic. And that pandemic changed the way people think about church and it changed the way so many people go to church. Together as a church family, when we came out of the pandemic, instead of seeing that season as a threat, we saw that season the pandemic and its aftermath is an opportunity to become increasingly effective at our mission in a post-Christian world. So we expanded both the expression and impact of our church. As a result, we worked hard together to strengthen our campuses unlike ever before. Because of this, we have seen lives changed at an unprecedented rate. We have now witnessed over 100,000 people going public with their faith through baptism. This matters. This matters because every one of those baptisms represents a life, and every life represents a story of someone who has been changed for all eternity. Many of these stories are generations that have been impacted because of you. Together, we wrote down the names of friends and family in my first message back in 2022. Some of you, you have been radically transformed or had a family member changed because of the ministry of this church and because of the grace of God. So I want to just take a moment to praise God for your son and your granddaughter who now know the love of God. Praise God that your friend has had their marriage healed and restored. Let's celebrate the peace that has been found, the generations that have been changed because of God's heart and because of your faithfulness, because what God has done in and through our church. When we began Saddleback, when Saddleback began, I should say, Pastor Rick changed the way that people think of church. How many of you are grateful that suits and ties were dropped and he said, come as you are? Now we added to that, come wherever you are. So today we have over 50 campuses spread across Southern California, the Western United States, and North America. All of our physical campuses have become strong regional campuses. Most of these campuses now own their own buildings. We as a church own them and they're paid off because of your generosity. This is significant because these campuses are making it easy for people to gather where they live. We're now able to offer Celebrate Recovery at all of our campuses, mental health ministries, midweek small groups for kids, students, and families at these regional hubs because we now own buildings strategically placed all over the world. You will also remember that we doubled down during that season 
on our vision to have a greater international reach with our international campuses. So we, we did this because we believe that the international global cities, the gateway cities of the world, are the key to reaching the world for Jesus. People from every nation, tribe, and tongue are coming to the gateway cities of the world. The world is even more global today in 2050 than it was in 2022 when I first began as your young pastor. Today, we are a global church with over 15 international campuses impacting the most influential cities of the entire world. Now, these campuses are serving their local communities with great compassion and kindness. We've been able to mobilize every one of our campuses physically, the physical campuses, to continue our peace vision by turning these local facilities into peace centers and places of reconciliation. These peace centers continue to do after-school programs for underprivileged children and help people find jobs in poverty-stricken areas. We've continued to be a church that is known by what we are for rather than what we're against. By the grace of God, we've had the opportunity as a church to be one of the leading voices, bringing together diverse groups of people in a way that leads to unity in the local church. We recognized that a divided world needs a unified church. So we've worked hard to be an all-nation congregation. At every level of leadership in our church, we are a diverse group of people, and we are a rep representation of heaven on earth. We've also said repeatedly, it's, it's not just about Saddleback Church. It's about the global church. So we started engaging in church planting all over North America, and many of you will remember in the early 2020s how we got serious about helping to plant 10 churches per year in the major metropolitan areas of North America. Now, because of this, there is now a thriving local church within 15 minutes of every person in Southern California. There is a thriving church planting movement in every major metropolitan area in North America. Our campuses, our church planting efforts, and our pouring into other churches matters. Because we don't want anyone to miss out on hearing the good news of Jesus or experiencing the love of God because there isn't a thriving local church nearby them. This matters because when God is stirring in a person's heart, there is a local church where they can go and be loved and have their lives changed by Jesus. By God's grace, over the last 25 plus years, we've gotten to be a part of one of the greatest global revivals in the history of the church. We've had the privilege of training millions of pastors and helping hundreds of thousands of churches become more effective at the Great Commission. This moves me emotionally at my 68 and eight months as it did at 41 years old. So we now have a collective of hundreds of thousands of churches working together to strategically accomplish the Great Commission in our generation. Our collective of churches is actively communicating together and networking to reach people groups globally to plant churches where no churches exist. Now, here's why these things matter. Again, it's not just about Saddleback's name being known. It's about the name of Jesus being known. So we've been able to pour into these churches to help them become the hero in their community. 
This happened because of you. This happened because now we are annually able to tithe one-tenth of our church by sending out one-tenth of our people every year on mission trips. You've said yes to go out and help plant churches all over North America and share the good news of Jesus with the nations. You will also remember that we decided to exponentially increase our effectiveness with technology and our ability to creatively do church in places where people could not gather in buildings physically. So when culture shifted with the pandemic in the early 2020s, the way people attended church began to change. We leaned into that. And by God's grace, we reached more people as a result. We are now connecting with and reaching people that nobody else is reaching. We now have thousands of Saddleback extensions all over the world. Many of these extensions are on their way to become physical campuses. They, these are groups that range in size from 10 people in the home of our online community members to 75 people in parks and clubhouses. In addition, because of you and the grace of God, we've been able together to create life-changing tools with technology to help people grow in their faith and their relationship with God. So as a result of this, we have become a leader not just for the global church, but actually for businesses all over the world demonstrating how to connect people and connect with them in a culture that is digital. Our technology team here at Saddleback created a customizable tool to help people in their spiritual growth through devices that are in their hands. And this cool tool became the foundation for discipleship, resulting in millions of people in the global church being discipled and growing in their faith. This happened because of you and the grace of God. Together, we've stayed on the cutting edge of technology for the accomplishment of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. In partnership with our founding pastor, Pastor Rick Warren, who just celebrated his 96th birthday. And in partnership with finishing the task, we laid out a big vision to have a Bible, a believer, and a local body in every people group on the planet. By God's grace, this vision is being accomplished. In large part because we recognized that this wouldn't happen without prayer. So we decided to strategically mobilize our church to pray for the accomplishment of the Great Commission. We launched a global prayer center that was focused on activating people to pray for people groups and those who'd never heard the name of Jesus. This global prayer center is world-renowned. People now travel to Southern California and arrange family vacations in order to experience our prayer center. And today, get this, because of this, we now, for the last 20 plus years, have had people praying nonstop around the clock for the accomplishment of the Great Commission. This happened because of you. In addition, we have people gathering in closets at all of our campuses to pray and ask God for the miraculous, and this emphasis has literally changed the fabric of our church. Now, when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38 to his disciples, he said, the harvest is great, he wanted them to get a vision of what is possible with God. But he also said the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. So what we noticed in the 2020s, that in addition to getting increasingly focused on prayer, 
we needed to do something else. Together, we recognized as a church, based on the size of the vision that God was giving us, a potential limiting factor to our future could be the lack of trained laborers and leaders for the work. So we decided, together, to strategically train more people for ministry by starting a Saddleback Leadership College. I still remember vividly how many of you sacrificed for this vision <laughs> of raising up more men and women to serve in the local church. We now have a state-of-the-art leadership school positioned on a beautiful piece of property with dorm rooms, libraries, gathering places for these students in an environment that fosters connection with God and with one another. Currently, leaders are actually coming from all over the world to be trained, equipped, and then sent back out to the communities where they have come from. We can now not only help provide staff members for Saddleback Church, but literally thousands of churches all over the world. So because of you, we are now graduating hundreds and hundreds of leaders per year that are going out to serve in local churches through this leadership college. This college has become one of the greatest resources for the development of young leaders in the global church. And I am very grateful for that. So many of these students are coming from our incredible next-gen ministries. I'm so grateful for our incredible kids and student ministry teams who have poured out their lives into students and kids with such deep passion. You are equipping them to have a vision for their lives. You have made your mark on entire generations of the, in the world and changed the world because of your faithfulness. Our next-gen leaders have all recognized the power of one life. And because of you, kids and student ministry is thriving unlike any other season in the history of our church. I'm so grateful for you. In addition to you, the leaders and volunteers who serve with Celebrate Recovery, our mental health ministries, and because of you, entire generations of families have been changed. Kids have gotten their dads back. Marriages have been restored. And there are people who never thought that they would be free. But they're free. They're living with purpose. And they're experiencing the joy of God because of you. We are a church that has continued to grow in its impact with small groups. As our church has grown in scope and impact, we've continued to grow stronger and stronger in community. And now today, we have over 100,000 people gathering in our large groups and in our small groups. And our church is having a massive impact, but it still feels small. It still feels like a family. It's full of love, and it's because of our groups. We have strengthened our vision to be the most loving people and place on planet Earth. And we are still today, as we were at our beginning, a church that is known by our love for one another. 25 plus years ago, many of you thought that there was no hope for your marriage. But God has restored and healed your home. And this year, you're celebrating another beautiful anniversary. Many of you thought that there was no hope for the difficulty that your child was going through. But God brought them through a valley. And now today, they are serving Jesus with passion. Many of you, when I first started as your pastor, thought that you would never be free from your addiction. 
But today you have been sober for over 20 years. You've been set free by God. Many of you never thought that you'd live without physical pain, but, but God has delivered you from your affliction. 25 plus years ago, many of you thought that depression and anxiety would rule over your life forever. But today, the cloud has lifted and he's brought you out and you're living with peace and joy. You have purpose that surpasses your understanding. You have peace because of God. In every way, God has exceeded our expectations. He is good and he is worthy of celebration. He's the hero of the Saddleback story. So, as your pastor, from the bottom of my heart, serving you over the last 25 plus years has been one of the greatest joys of my life. Stacy and I love you and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, we get the question often in 2050, why are these great things happening? And I just want to share with you what I believe are the reasons why God has blessed our church so much. And I want to encourage you, you can write these down. And these are important. God is choosing to move in our church in this way. And I want you to hear me say this loud and clear. Unless God blesses our church, we are doomed to fail. Psalm 127 verse 1, this says, I want you to read it aloud with me. Unless the Lord builds a house the work of the builders is wasted. And for many reasons, back in 1980, God saw the vision in Pastor Rick's heart. And he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna place my hand on that church. I'm gonna give my favor and my grace to those people. And he's done it. He's chosen to bless us. And so we receive with gratitude the faithfulness of God to this church. Not only has he choose to move this way, but we are a church Number two, that is built on the solid foundation of God's purposes. And what that means is there are eternal purposes in the heart of God that we started on in the beginning and we've continued with. This 70-year vision would never have become a reality without the faithfulness, the foundation of the first 40 plus years. There was a solid foundation. It was the purposes of God, but more than that, it was Jesus himself as the foundation of our church that we began to stand on. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, speaking, Paul says, because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation as an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on the foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has already been laid, Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of this church, and we have built on his faithfulness for 70 years. We are also a church who believes, number three, and ask God for the impossible. So when we laid out the vision for the Saddleback Leadership College, you believed that it was possible. When we laid out the vision to get all of our campuses into buildings, you believed that that was possible. When we shared our vision, and the vision to expand our international efforts, you believed and you asked God to move. When we shared the vision to be a part of a church planting movement in every major metropolitan area in North America, you gave and you sacrificed financially to see that vision become a reality. When we shared the idea of having a global prayer center where people could pray around the clock for the accomplishment of the Great Commission, you believed that it was possible. 
Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says this, Now all glory to God through his mighty power at work within us. I want you to circle that phrase, at work within us. Because the same power, if you are a follower of Jesus, that brought Jesus from death to life is at work within you. And that power, Paul says, that is at work within you, is able to accomplish infinitely more, infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever and ever. God has done great things for us and through us, and I think he is worthy of celebration today. Now, number four, we are a church who depends upon God with humility. And I do believe with all my heart that, that there are certain things that God is attracted to. There are things that repel God, and there are things that God is attracted to, and you see this all throughout the Bible. You know, we as human beings, we have certain things that we're attracted to, but when God looks at us, what God sees is the inside. And one of the character traits that God cannot resist is the character trait of humility. It's, it's this recognition that my life without God in a vapor could be gone. If it weren't for the mercy and the grace of God, I wouldn't know salvation. If it weren't for the mercy and grace of God, I could never be used to do anything for God. So God is not looking for your talent. God is looking for humility. And because as a church, we have humbly depended upon the favor of God, he's continued to bless us. We are dependent upon the favor of God. If God doesn't move, it doesn't matter how great our buildings are or our programs are or how great our skills are as leaders, we need God to move in and through our church. God opposes the proud, James says, but he gives grace to the humble. Thank you for being a humble church. God is attracted to that humility. Now, finally, I want to finish with this one, and this is important. We are a church who says yes to sacrifice for God in his mission. And it's important to recognize churches are not built on the talents of a few people. Great churches are built on the sacrifices of many men and women that lay down their life for the mission. The Apostle Paul, listen to his words from 2 Timothy. He says this, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering. The time of my death is near. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. And I've remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness. I want you to imagine this Paul at the end of his life. He's been beaten. He's been betrayed. He's been placed in prison multiple times. And he just keeps at it. He keeps loving people. He keeps serving the mission of God. And he knows really soon he's going to see Jesus face to face. And in his heart, there's such expectation of this crown of righteousness when he sees Jesus. Imagine that moment where Paul, that God used to build his church, stood before him. And that voice he heard, well done, good and faithful servant. And Paul makes certain to include in his words that this expectation is not just for great heroes of the faith like Paul. This is, as Paul says, the Lord, the righteous judge, he'll give this to me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to Jesus' appearing. What that means, friends, listen, there is no sacrifice too great on this side of eternity. 
There is nothing that you could give to God that he didn't first give to you. So when you lay your life down to serve and to love, it's in response to his greatness. And there is nothing greater than the prize that comes when you stand before him and hear his voice, well done, good and faithful servant. And you've been faithful. You've sacrificed. You've given. You've served. You've prayed. You've invited. And God has blessed this church. And this matters. This matters. For one reason this matters. This matters because that name that you wrote down when we were together in 2022, that one person, Jesus came for that one person. And he came to display his love for humanity and so much so that he would give his life for the individual person. And from the beginning, in 1980 to now, In 2050, all throughout the history of Saddleback Church, we have been a church that has gone after people with love who have never experienced the good news of Jesus. We did church in a way that was accessible to people who were far from God. We loved, we served, we cared for, we showed compassion, and time and time again, we leaned into this vision of going after, like God does, the way he came after you, going after people so that they could experience the hope that is in Jesus. As Luke 15 says, Jesus says this, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 in the wilderness and go to search for the one lost, the one lost sheep until he finds it? And when he's found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors, saying, rejoice with me because I have found this lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy, listen to this, there is more joy in heaven over one person who comes back to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed. When I was 16 years old, I was wrecked. I was wrecked over the reality of my friends who did not know the love of Jesus. And I said to God at 16, I said, God, if you'll use me to be a part of churches that reach people who don't know you, I'll give my life to that. And I'm so glad that there are tens of thousands of you that have given your life to that same vision. And there are people in your life sitting next to you right now in 2050 that have been changed for all eternity because you said yes to God. So thank you. Thank you for saying yes to God. Thank you for keeping the focus on God and the people who he came for. And as we conclude our 70th anniversary celebration, I want to pray for you. Father, we're grateful today for what you've done. You're a good God, and we give you praise for your faithfulness to our lives and to this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome back to 2022, everybody. Now, when you walked in today, you received a program, and I want to invite you, there's a card that we placed there, and I want you to pull that out for just a moment, because... There's something about taking this big vision and bringing it to our hearts on a personal level. And I know that there are prayers that that God is stirring inside of you. Some of it, it might be vision for the future of our church. It might be 
serving in a certain area. It might be around a leadership college or a prayer center or some other component of what we've talked about. But it might be for your marriage. It might be for a kid. It might be for a friend of yours that is in a deep, dark place. And if God could just change that one person, it's all about the one. That's why he came. He came for the individual lives. And the 100,000 don't matter if the one doesn't matter. And I want you to hear this loud and clear. We're going to keep coming back to that vision. God came for the one. I want to give you a moment right now in the service just to write down on your card a prayer, something you want to offer back to God, praying that he would move in your life in this way. Actually, I'm going to give you about a minute to do this right now. And then... I'll pray over us and lead us into some next steps before we wrap up our service together. So pull out that card and just write down a prayer right now as your prayer back to God. To give about a minute for this. Oh, great God of the universe who is worthy of our praise. God, I'm so grateful today. You know from my heart how thankful I am to be a part of this church. And God, you, you've been so faithful to us. You've been so good to Saddleback Church. And on this day, in this holy moment, in front of all these people, God, I surrendered to you and I pray, God, that you would bless us beyond our wildest imagination for your glory. And I declare, I commit with my heart, God, when you bless and you change thousands and thousands of more lives and you do the unthinkable and you provide for our church, God, I will in this role that you've given me the ability to serve in, I will give glory and I'll give credit back to you, Jesus. And Father, I pray with humility that you would extend your hand of favor upon our lives and you would give us faith. I pray that faith would rise up in these coming weeks in our church to believe that the hand of God is here and there are great things in store. God, thank you that you are moving all over planet earth and our heart, our longing, our desire is for a revival that is a global revival that would change generations. God, we want to be a part of what you're doing here on planet earth. And so we, as best we know how in this moment, yield ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.